0: on everybody and welcome back to another episode of rookie ball the podcast where you want to go if you need to know anything sports or if you just want to hear my opinion on them i of course am always your host phoenix Igus, and welcome back everybody i hope you guys had an amazing week and we got a lot to get into sports and i can't wait to tell you guys but first let's hear that beat drop <music> Alright, so there's a lot to talk about in sports. Obviously, the NFL Combine has just began, and I know, I promised you guys, we would not be talking about the NFL for a while, but it's the NFL Combine. The draft is creeping up on us slowly, and we gotta talk about There was some big news in the NFL Combine. There were some winners, there were some losers, and there were some over-exaggerations, and I'm here to talk about it. So I'm here to talk about my three biggest winners my three biggest losers, and a little story I want to get into. I won't do too much analysis on why they're winners, why they're losers. I'll just talk about some of their performances, some of their highlights, and then I'll talk about my little story with the NFL Combine. So to start off, I did announce in last episode that the team I root for in college football is Ohio State. So it was very nice to see Chris Olave have an amazing NFL Combine, at least his start. He was most definitely the best receiver out of the second group that came in on Thursday in the combine. His 40-yard dash unofficially, I think, was 4.26, but then officially was 4.39, which is still amazing. He was catching basically every pass that was thrown to him, whether it was a good pass, a bad pass, a deep pass, a short pass... His 32-inch vertical was amazing. He had a 10-4 broad jump. I mean, he's most likely going to be picked as a top three receiver in the draft. He was most likely going to be that even without his combine stats, but he is probably officially marked that he is a top three, if not the top receiver in this draft this year. With a lot of controversy and a lot of questioning on quarterbacks in this year's draft, it was really nice to see one of the quarterbacks really shine at the Combine, and that being Malik Willis from Liberty. Uh, he was also on Thursday night along with Chris Olave, and some of his passes just looked really nice. Uh, his short passes were getting there very quickly. He was throwing the ball very dominantly. Um, he looked a little better on the deep ball, And I believe Malik Willis, uh, from the highlights I saw, he is a bit of a mobile quarterback. Not completely, not like a Lamar Jackson type. Um, And that obviously shows because he decided not to run a 40-yard dash. I don't know why that is. Maybe it's because he's scared to get himself injured or not. Uh, But he looked very good. He seemed to be hyping up all the people that were there. It just seemed like he was a really good sport. And that's always great to see at the combine, especially out of a quarterback, to show some leadership and some positive attitude. The final winner that I have of the NFL Combine is a tight end, although this was a Combine that was dominated by the receivers, um, and we'll see more of the defensive players. But Chika uh the tight end from Maryland, I did not watch any highlights from him, but I did watch him at the Combine. And he definitely looked like the best tight end at the Combine. He's not the best tight end in the draft. He's not the best tight end prospect, but he looked really good uh he was adjusting to throws insanely well there were some throws that were completely out of his way that were over the shoulder that he was just grabbing and most definitely the fastest tight end i saw from the combine he ran a 4-5-2 40 yard dash which the man's 238 pounds he's a tight end he should not be running a 4-5-2 you know that's pretty insane that's pretty decent for a slower end receiver so a conco definitely raising his stock right there and it seemed like there was just a different energy on thursday night seemed like the second group uh obviously most of it was thursday night but the second group that came in was just very good now moving from a tight end in the winner spot to moving to the losers we have a tight end we have the tight end from wisconsin jake ferguson Now, the man is not projected to be a first round pick by any means, but he is in the conversation of a top, you know, 100 pick, probably in the third or fourth round. He's definitely going to get drafted by a team and he was definitely going to have the chance to play on a team, especially during the preseason. But he had a bit of a struggle. He needed a big performance here to really raise his stock. So that he didn't fall in those very late rounds where you start to get questioning if the NFL career is correct for you. But he only had 15 bench press reps, which is eh. He had a 481 40 yard dash at 250 pounds, which just for reference, Chigakonkwo, 238 pounds, only only 12 pounds less and ran 0.3 seconds better, which seconds generally is not a big difference, but in a 40 yard dash, it is very big. And even though he looked good in his catching drills, a spot like this, when you're deciding if you're going to be a day two draftee or a day three draftee, because it is a huge difference, this combine performance kind of lands him on the day three area, which he was projected to be anyways. But if he could have gotten a good performance here, he could have moved up. A player who. When I first saw them at the combine, I thought they were a winner, but as I slowly looked more back at his stats, realized that he's more on the loser side, is one of the projected top receivers. Although I did say this was a receiver's combine, there obviously were some bad performances. Traylon Burks from Arkansas, wide receiver. When he did his 40 yard dash time, it was a 455, but he's a 225 pound receiver. So at the time I thought that was very good, and it is it's a it's very average for a receiver of his size um but when you're that big a receiver you do need to excel in athleticism because you are going to be a little behind from those high jumping very fast receivers and he didn't show that he had a 32 inch vertical and only a 10 foot 2 broad jump which aren't that great uh even for his size as a player that's why I say they really need to work on that athleticism and it doesn't seem like he did but his big problem was his drill work, his catching his catching drills his running skills it just didn't look smooth he wasn't really able to cut very well he just seemed like he was running straight lines and very predictable and like I said this was a receivers combine and he was on the opposite end of it and looking to be one of the top receivers in the draft if you're going to have a receiver's combine, you got to be on the right side, and he wasn't. So I see this maybe trend of him falling down in the draft to players like Alave, to players like Sky Moore. These players that were projected to be in the first, second round of the draft are now going to start fighting against him for one of the top receiver picks. The final loser I have in this combine, this will lead into my story is unfortunately going to have to go to Kenny Pickett. And it's not for the reason that it should be. I think Kenny Pickett is going to be an amazing quarterback. But he's a loser at the Combine because even though he performed well, his hands did measure small, and I have absolutely no problem with that. But I'm here to give you guys the news of what most people will think. And I'm going to tell you what, his draft stock is going to lower because of these measurements. And the last man to have his hands measured small at the NFL Combine... Was Joe Burrow. I don't know. You guys tell me. I think Joe Burrow is a pretty good quarterback. I'm just saying. I think uh, leading a team to a Super Bowl is, is pretty good. So I think Kenny Pickett is going to be good. Now, am I going to sit here and say that he's going to be amazing? No, he's not going to be Joe Burrow, probably. Um, But he's going to be good. And his draft stock is just going to plummet. Because his hands measured a little small. And I think that's the most ridiculous thing ever. I don't know, it just, he is a loser of this combine because his draft stock is going to have an impact because of it, but in my mind, Kenny Pickett is not a loser, so as I always say, if you guys want to hear the sports news and my opinions, come here, I think Kenny Pickett is good, his draft stock is going down because his hands are 8.5 inches in width. That is all I have for the NFL Combine moving into the NHL. Yes, we have so many NHL segments in a row here. This is so great. I'm so excited to be getting into new sports, and I have really enjoyed watching hockey lately. And there's some stuff to talk about because hockey in 15 days' time is heading into its trade deadline. And I've been learning some stuff. I learned that the NHL had to add games because of the COVID uh, lockdown uh, a year and a couple years ago. So that's why they're playing so many extra games this season. But as I said, I'm learning. So the NHL trade deadline is approaching and there's apparently some big names. Obviously, I don't know them very well, but I can read them off here. Claude Drox, and let me know if I'm pronouncing that wrong, but I believe that's how you pronounce it. Uh, He is a forward on the Philadelphia Flyers. And he has been there for a while. This guy is a veteran. But the Flyers are not looking like they're going to be in a playoff position. And so there's a lot of questions on whether he'd like to be traded. He is a great veteran that is nearing the end of his career, it seems like. And they want him to go out and win. So it seems they're completely leaving it up to him if he wants to leave or if he wants to stay. His latest statement said a lot of time is left in the season. I know the playoffs are for us. It's going to be a long shot, but I've seen crazier things. So obviously he believes in his team. This has been his home for nine to 10 years. If you're asking me, if you have a player that you do really care about and you don't have trust in your franchise, which you should always do, go ahead and trade him. You know, it is heartbreaking sometimes. I've seen that as a fan of my teams. I saw that with Andy Dalton. You know, I've seen the glory days of players. And eventually you need to trade them away in hopes that they can go win on their own. The second top guy is Marc-Andre Fleury. And let me know if I'm saying that wrong, but I believe it's Fleury. He is the goalie for the Chicago Blackhawks. And right now in the NHL, I do know that the goalie market is wide open because teams such as the Washington Capitals, Colorado Avalanche, and Edmonton Oilers are all in contention for this guy. And all three of those teams are in playoff contention and actually as we talked about in last episode the colorado avalanche are the favorite to win the stanley cup right now now i have not watched many chicago games but from what i can read and the stats i've talked about Fleury is one of the top goalies in the nhl it seems he just seems to be on the market maybe because of pay maybe because chicago is not very confident in their playoff hopes this year and want to make sure to get some value so they can vote for the future i don't know we'll see i'm very interested to see in the next coming weeks as i learn more and more and more and more about the nhl what these trades really mean do teams typically seem to sell Do teams typically seem to buy in the nhl i haven't watched an nhl draft yet so i don't know how much a first round pick is more than a second round pick so i'm very curious to see as i learn and learn about the nhl how things work But as I said, I'm learning. So this last part of the segment that I saw is that the NHL played an outdoor game this year and have one more in about a week or so. But I didn't even know that hockey could be played outdoors. The Tampa Bay Lightning just played the Nashville Predators at Nissan Stadium outside, which is the home of the Tennessee Titans Stadium. That was on February 26th. And then the Toronto Maple Leafs are playing the Buffalo Sabres in... Uh in the Tim Hortons field, which is apparently a classic NHL place uh in Ontario. Uh they're playing that on March 13th. And that's so exciting. I wish the NBA would play some outdoor games. That'd be so fun to just see these players playing streetball almost. Obviously, you would get them a correct court, but I don't know that that atmosphere I love the atmosphere of outdoor games obviously it works better for sports such as uh, football and slightly baseball you can't really play baseball in heavy rain or heavy snow but it's always so entertaining because you get to see the atmosphere around you so I will most definitely be watching this outdoor game between Toronto and Buffalo on March 13th I can't wait to bring even more NHL segments for you guys The final segment I will be getting into with you guys is the NBA. Now, I did this with the NFL when I very first started this podcast, which was, I think, mid-2021. Those episodes have unfortunately been deleted as I wanted to rebrand myself. And I started doing the power rankings of the NFL each week. And I'm not going to do this each week with every sport. But I wanted to do it with the NBA because I talked about my championship contenders, but I really want to talk about where I think each team is landing right now. Because obviously right now, the Bucks are not a top team, but I think that they are going to be in the finals. So I want to talk about, right now in this moment, the NBA power rankings 30 to number one and sitting at that number 30 spot and it's not because i think they're the worst team right now but also because they are not built for the future in my opinion and that is the houston rockets because when i'm really looking at it they acquired a lot of picks in the james harden trade but they have mostly all been given away now and they are left with the team that they have christian wood has not played at the level this season Obviously, we have 30 teams to get to, and I did not want to spend too much time on the Houston Rockets. They are number 30. Number 29 for me. I wanted to go with the Pistons originally because they are the worst team in the NBA. But I personally gotta put the Orlando Magic here. And there's one name why, and that is because of Cade Cunningham. Cade Cunningham is playing at a great level. He's looking like he who he was set out to be when he was drafted number one by Detroit. And for that reason, I feel like Detroit has this future of a star player, and I don't see that with Orlando. I see a lot of good pieces, I see Markel Fultz coming back, who has played well so far since being back, I see Mo Bamba playing at an okay level, not what he was supposed to be, and I see Wendell Carter Jr., and I see Cole Anthony, and none of them match up to the star power of what Cade Cunningham could be. And they also have players such as Jeremy Grant, Sadiq Bay, who are playing very well as of late. For that reason, I'm going to have Orlando at number 29 and Detroit at number 28. Now, this may be controversial, but between 27 and 26, I was trying to decide between the Oklahoma City Thunder and the Portland Trail Blazers. And for me, Portland's got to go number 27. And the only reason why I talked about teams building for the future, Oklahoma City is built for the future I get it they are not good right now but they're playing at a better level than we expected them to I mean they literally don't have anybody besides Shea Oklahoma City without a doubt is better and more suited in this league right now than the Portland Trailblazers who are literally just sitting with Damian Lillard especially since Yusuf Nurkic once again is injured I mean the man cannot catch a break at this point so Portland number 27 not really much going for him besides Dame, number 26, Oklahoma City. They don't really have anybody besides Shea and Lou, but they have a billion, billion draft picks. Now, there are teams such as Sacramento and Indiana that I want to put at this 25 spot, but personally for me, I'm going to put New York here, the New York Knicks, and that is solely because they have been so disappointing this season. Julius Randle... I said, I said that Julius Randle is good, but I don't think he's a consistent all-star player. And I've been saying this since he made the all-star team that I think he's really good. And I remember seeing him on the Pelicans. I was really sad that we let him go because I knew he had the potential to be a low-paid star, but he's not a consistent all-star and he cannot lead a team to a championship. And for that reason, New York is 25, but right below them is Sacramento. And that's really sad to say, because Indiana has a way worse base team right now than Sacramento. But Sacramento goes right below them at 24. They are moving up, I will say. I would have probably put them in the lower half of the 20s, but now they're starting to creep up to the better part of the 20s area. So, just to recap, I got New York at 25, Sacramento at 24, and Indiana who, even though their base team right now is not very good, they have so much potential on it, lands at number 23. At number 22, I really wanted to put the Lakers, and they are just a pick below this one. But I'm going to pick Washington, and it's because I talked about this when they did the NBA trade deadline. It was so weird that Washington made those trades because they had a really good start, and then they started to slide, and then Bradley Beal got hurt, and they said, all right, we're giving up on this whole team so it was so weird to me and since then outside of kyle kuzma nobody's really played that well obviously chris Stepps has not even played a single game for this team since being traded but hey los angeles you traded kyle kuzma because he went bad and now he's starting to look like the star of a team i don't know what to tell you and that is why right below them a team with kyle kuzma as the number one guy is only a spot away From the team that is led by none other than LeBron James, while also having Anthony Davis and Russell Westbrook. And I'm gonna need people to stop hating on Russell Westbrook. I've not gotten much time to talk about it, but just so you guys know where I stand on that opinion, Russell Westbrook is absolutely not the problem on this team. And I'm not saying that LeBron is, LeBron is not the problem on this team. The problem for me is Anthony Davis, and I know it may sound like I'm just being a Pelicans bias here because I don't like Anthony Davis anymore, but, I mean, the man just continues to, to get hurt. And their uh, recent losses, their 28-point loss to New Orleans, and their 21-point loss to the Clippers, it's looking like an absolute disaster, and it's so funny to see that not that long ago, this team was considered to be the biggest contender going into the season. It does not look it anymore, as they're even fighting for a play-in spot. So we'll see how the rest of the season goes for Los Angeles, but I personally don't see them going anywhere. That is why they sit at number 21. At number 20, it is a team that I expected to be a playoff team this year, and is looking like they might... I don't know. It's looking questionable, but they've been on a skid lately. That is the Charlotte Hornets. LaMelo Ball continues to play very well, and... Uh, And Montrezl Harrell has started stepping it up since I last talked about him uh, on last episode. But Charlotte's on a bit of a skid right now. Uh, And it's starting to slip them out of the playoffs, which I think Charlotte fans were not expecting this year. I think they expected to be a lock for a playoff spot, especially with Lamelo progressing. And a very young team, Miles Bridges, looking like one of the most approved players this year. So even though they are very much built for the future... I think they want to see some success this season, and they're starting to drift away from that. Number 19 is going to be gifted to the San Antonio Spurs, I will say. Pop continues to know how to make this team good. Even though it is looking like they most likely will not be a playoff team, I think they exceeded what most people thought they would. DeJounte Murray has played at an all-star level this season. Xhaka Portal is looking really good so far. So... Obviously, San Antonio not in a spot to win games right now, so I'm going to put them at number 19. At number 18 is where I'm going to sit, my New Orleans Pelicans. I want to put them higher, but I think I've stretched them as much as I can. They have played at a very high level as of late, as they are sneaking into the play-in tournament spot. I think just yesterday, they are officially at the number 10 spot right below the Lakers. They have not lost a game, I think, since the All-Star break. Uh, And CJ McCollum and Brandon Ingram as a one-two punch has looked amazing. Hopefully, hopefully Zion could be back if they made a playoff spot or a play-in spot. If he does, it'll be very scary for teams facing this New Orleans Pelican squad, which has the chance to be very good. At number 17 for me, and this pains me to put them there, is the Brooklyn Nets, and that is solely because of the reason is, as much as I love Kevin Durant, and as much as they just traded for depth in the James Harden trade, they still don't have enough depth to make up for the loss of Kyrie Irving still not being able to play games, and Ben Simmons not even nearing basketball activity. Kevin Durant is great. He's probably one of the top players, if not the top player in the NBA right now. But it is looking very rough for the Brooklyn Nets. They have just been hit with injury after injury, problem after problem. And it may hurt them in the long run. They may find themselves at the bottom of the standings in the Eastern Conference in terms of playoff teams. At number 16 for me, it is going to be the Toronto Raptors. And I think there's teams that could sit in this spot below them. Uh, but the Toronto Raptors are 2-3 since the All-Star break, uh, and the losses have been bad. I mean, the Hornets beat them by 32, the Hawks beat them by 27, and then they lost barely, but it was to the Detroit Pistons, who, as I said, are one of the worst teams in the NBA. With all that being said, they have had some very good performances from players. Fred Van Fleet has taken a little bit of a backseat since the All-Star break, Scottie Barnes has been balling. He's averaging 22 points, 12 rebounds, and 3 assists, along with 2 steals since the All-Star break, which is only a 5-game sample, but Scottie Barnes is playing at a nice level, and I think Toronto is obviously going to be a playoff team for me, and that is why they sit at number 16, because 8-8 on each side. At number 15, though, for me is the Los Angeles Clippers, who just beat the Los Angeles Lakers by a whopping amount. And this team isn't getting the credit they deserve this team is above a lakers team with lebron ad and russell this team is above a bunch of teams with star players while their two stars paul george and kawhi leonard have been out basically the entire season and they're still three games over 500. it's ridiculous to see they'll most likely be in the play-in tournament but as the seventh seed so it won't take much for them to get in the playoffs but without a star player It may prove difficult, so they have to try and attempt to get into that final spot. And it's tough to see. Possibly Paul George could come back for the playoffs. It's looking unlikely. But if they were to make the playoffs, it'd be interesting to see if those two players are able to come back. To do a little rapid fire to get into the top 10, number 14 is going to be the Atlanta Hawks. Trey Young is playing absolutely amazing since the All-Star break. It is great to see that. Sitting at number 13 is the Minnesota Timberwolves. They have really stepped it up as late. They are six. They are 5 games over 500. Carl Anthony Towns and Anthony Edwards have played amazing and D'Angelo Russell is playing at the level we saw him back in Brooklyn as of late and that is so great to see. They are on a big run, and I'm hoping the best for them because Minnesota has been through enough pain throughout their franchise's history. At number 12, I'm gonna give it to the Cleveland Cavs, and I know some Cavs fans might be disappointed with that ranking, but be so proud of your team. The fact that they are top 12, I wouldn't even projected them to be top 20 so far this year. They're sitting at number 12. Darius Garland is still playing at his all-star level. Jared Allen is still looking good. Even though they are... One and three since the All Star break, and they are being pushed back towards the back of the Eastern playoff standings. They still look really good. They still could be one of the top teams in the Eastern Conference standings. They just have to remember how they were playing basketball at the first half. At number 11 just missing out on the top 10 is the Chicago Bulls and that pains me to say because they've been one of the fan favorite teams so far this year with DeMar DeRozan playing like an MVP but they are on a three game losing streak and they just lost to Atlanta but they do have returns coming up Lonzo Ball should be returning back soon Alex Caruso would be really nice so it's really tough to see because obviously DeMar cannot do this all by himself so once they get those players back it'll be interesting to see if chicago gets back to playing like the way that they were hitting that number 10 spot is the denver nuggets Nikola Jokic has been doing this stuff the entire season all by himself and man he is about to get jamal murray and michael porter jr back most likely by the playoffs and that is going to be dangerous we see what this team can do with only one star but what about three players that can almost play at an all-star level i'm so excited to see how this plays out for the denver nuggets and i hope that nikola jokic can just hang on until those playoffs to really propel this team to what i think they truly can be which is a championship contender keeping on the rapid firing all the way to the top 5 spots Number nine, even though they should be higher, is going to the Boston Celtics. They are playing an amazing level. Jason Tatum just had an amazing game on his birthday. He's averaging over 30 points since the All-Star break. They are red hot. I mean, they are so spice. Play that soundtrack. It's been a so while spice. since we heard it. So spice. Boston Celtics, number nine. And I have no doubt that they will be moving up and up and up as the few weeks progress. Number 8 is going to go to the Utah Jazz because it was proven throughout January that when they went 4-12, and 12, Donovan Mitchell missed 8 of those games, Rudy Gobert missed 9, it is so clear that those two are the pieces that they need to make this a championship contender since they have been back. The Jazz have won 3 straight games, in 9 of their last 10, and Mike Conley has continued to play at a level like he was last season when he made the All-Star game. When this team is healthy, this team is very good. When it is not, and there has been many times a season when it is not, it does not play well. So, I'm putting them at number 8, but they need to be healthy for the playoffs if they want to continue this path to a championship. Number 7 for me is going to a team that has been very exciting to watch lately, and no it's not the Grizzlies, they go higher. The Dallas Mavericks sit at number 7 because Luka, just one player of the month in February, and that is well-deserved because he has been going great lately. He is averaging 34 points, 10 rebounds, and 8.5 and assists, while also getting more than uh, rounding up to 4 threes. And uh, Luka... Even though he is a three-point shooter, he's not known as one of the more proficient ones in the league, but he is shooting like it lately. He's almost shooting 40% from there. They've gone three and one uh, with two of them being against the Golden State Warriors. So the Dallas Mavericks look great. Jason Kidd is doing a very good job on the coaching side. Dallas looks dangerous, and they're looking like a team kind of like the Grizzlies that are just very fun to watch right now and must watch TV, and those teams typically have a very long drive in the playoffs. Number six for me, even though I wanted to put the Bucks here, it's going to go to the Golden State Warriors. The Golden State Warriors have been so fun to watch this season, but they have now lost three straight games and seven of their last nine. When Draymond Green is out of this lineup, it is so clear that he is the uh, voice the vocal leader of this team because this team is 43 and 20 right now but they are 15 and 14 when Draymond is not in the lineup and it's very curious to see what this team will do in the playoffs because they are most likely going to make the playoffs most definitely and so it'll be curious to see because this team is not like the Warriors of old this team is not invincible it is not a lock to make the championship I'm curious to see when they have their big three Are they as dangerous as they used to be? Bars. Hitting that number five spot for me is the Milwaukee Bucks. They've kind of been stuck in this middle place right now. They're winning some games. They're losing some games. They've obviously had some injuries lately and uh, COVID kind of stopped them at the beginning of the season. But when this team is healthy, when their three stars are playing, when that's Giannis, Chris Middleton, and Drew Holiday, they are 26-8. and And that is all time with them on the team. This team went healthy and went together is unstoppable. They, and if you need proof, they were all available on Wednesday. They play the Miami Heat. They scored 120 points against the Miami Heat. The trio had 79 of those points. Only 41 points were not scored by these three players. That's absolutely ridiculous. When these three play, they're unstoppable, but they're not always playing together. And for that reason, they sit at number five, but still top five for the Milwaukee Bucks. Number four is a team that has jumped significantly for me and that is the Philadelphia 76ers. I've talked a lot about them lately, but man, the James Harden and Joel Embiid experiment and their era could not have gotten off to a better start. I mean, they just overcame a 16-point deficit against New York. Uh, they're now 3-0 when those two are playing. They're combining for 60 points, 24 free throws made. 19 rebounds and 16 when you round up assists. This team can be a championship contender. What they need to secure is their surrounding cast, and it is playing very well lately. Matisse Thybulle needs to lock up on defense as he always has. They need to have Tyrese Maxey play at the level he's playing at right now. He's dropping 24 points, 3 threes, and he's shooting 60% from the field. In his last three games. If he continues to play like that. This team is unstoppable. That trio right there. Has been playing amazing lately. If they continue to play like that. Philadelphia has a real shot. At the NBA Finals this year. Number three. And this may be recency bias. That a team is jumping them here. I'm going with the Miami Heat. The Miami Heat barely lost to Milwaukee. Just last. Uh, just on Wednesday. Uh, but they just beat Brooklyn. Uh, And Kevin Durant's return, now obviously they're missing a few players in Brooklyn, but still that's very good to do there. Miami is playing at an amazing level this season. That's why they're a top three team right now in my rankings. Their star players are playing good. Their side players are playing good. Tyler Hero is most definitely the sixth man of the year. Uh, And Bam Adebayo has been playing great so far. He just had 30 points, 11 rebounds, and 6 assists on Thursday's game against the Brooklyn Nets. Over his last 10 games, he's averaging 22 points, 11 rebounds, 4 assists, 1 block, and 1 steal. When they're playing at that level, when they have a player like Bam playing at that level, Miami can go back to being that championship team that they were in 2020 in the bubble. And that is why my number 2 team is the most exciting team to watch. They're reminding me of the Bengals of the NBA, and that is the Memphis Grizzlies. John Morant is a monster. Over his last games, John Morant is averaging 40 points a game. They absolutely dunked on the Spurs on Jaco Podol. They're 2-3 in their last five, uh, which a couple of those games are a loss to the Trailblazers and a destruction by the Boston Celtics, but this team is still red hot. But since November 27th, this team has the best net rating. John Morant is by far the most exciting player in the NBA. I'm very excited to see this team is a championship contender, No, not in my opinion, but I will say they could have a Bengals-esque run and possibly win the championship this year, but the team, in my opinion, that is stopping them from doing that is the number one team, and they have been for most of the season, and that is the Phoenix Suns, because this team right now is playing without Chris Paul, is playing without Devin Booker, who is in league's health, health and safety protocols. I feel like this is really good for them, because they have a bit of a cushion, as the number one seed over the teams behind them, and that this is going to help them because a player like DeAndre Ayton, a player like Mikel Bridges is going to have a chance to be the number one guy, and that will truly help them when they reach the playoffs most likely as the number one seed. That reason is because a player like DeAndre Ayton and a player like Mikel Bridges need an opportunity to know what it's like when everything is on them, when the responsibility is on them. So with that, now you got have a three and four guy that knows how to play like a one or two guy. And That'll truly help Phoenix when they make it there. And I'm not saying that because they're in Phoenix, my name is Phoenix, that I'm rooting for them. But if New Orleans doesn't make the playoffs, I'm rooting personally for the Phoenix Suns. And it's very exciting to see because Devin Booker and Chris Ball, once they're back, this team should be back to shape. And they, as I said in a past episode, are my pick. win the NBA championship this year and with that being said that is all the time we have for today's episode I really hope you guys enjoyed and I hope you guys have an amazing weekend I will see you guys on the flippity flip get out of here